Hey, Alex. Hi, Don. You know what I hate? Yeah, what's that? The doldrums. Oh, yeah. You gotta. You know what you gotta do about those doldrums is uh, uh, kick them in the teeth. Oh, I was gonna suggest drink constantly, but uh, that might not be the best solution based on the lighthouse. I dream of living in a lighthouse, baby, every single day. Yeah, the lighthouse, which um, ironic title because very little lighting involved. No, actually, burn. Well, ironically, uh, there was. Uh, no, I'm sure it, they're shooting on some old ass film stock. Right? Yeah, well, they no, they couldn't yeah. really get a, a lot of the old ass film stock, but they were using super old lenses. And so, oh, like any it. scene okay. where it's the two of them having dinner and there's just the lamp between them, they can't see each other. Like that light is so bright, they cannot. Like Willem Dafoe oh, and and, uh, yeah. and Robert Pattinson couldn't see each other. Yeah, uh, there are some scenes in here where, and, and I get what they're doing, and I think it looks really neat. I think the visuals in this are gorgeous. There's a couple scenes that like feel like it, it kind of feels almost like Kubrick like, which I say that as as a high compliment. But there's a certain point of I need to be able to see this, and I can't. And maybe it's because I didn't see it in the theater. But holy shit, on on video on demand there were some parts that i struggled with yeah and and i'm curious about that because uh i i i own the blu-ray and it was it still looked great but it's still it, i i was thinking about how it kind of lacks something not being on the big screen uh for sure we've talked about this before i don't know if we talked about it on the show but at least all fair uh the way that uh amazon and youtube and everything else their compression algorithm deals with darks mm -hmm. fucks it up real bad like yeah. it has like this um staticky kind of uh yeah it's, kind of yeah, it's sort of uh, the uh it crushes the blacks is sort of what yeah. that what that what that's called when you can kind of see the um the real like real pixelation in that yeah and yeah. it's it sucks for this movie it was especially bad because even like the kind of yellowy whites like mm -hmm. i mean i know it's black and white but like you know that kind of i don't know how you describe it in black and white but that side of the gray spectrum yeah really it did the same thing it just over compressed and it, yeah it was it was it was quite bad, but even the parts that like weren't over, whatever, I, I should watch it on blueberry. This is, this is a, this is a small beer, but we're living in the world where, you know, physical media is not something that is going to be super common. And, you know, what, like if, so if I have to stream Citizen Kane or whatever, yeah, no, is it just going to look like over compressed garbage? It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. You, there, there is definitely a difference. Do you know the story of the lighthouse? The, like the, the, the legend it's based on or whatever the apocryphal no no i mean like um production wise like it seems like a it seems like a weird movie to come out in 29 2019 with this high level of a cast well so yeah so robert eggers who made this like he's the dude that made the witch and the witch like it did okay but it got some serious critical buzz about it and as we've discussed on the show rightfully so because it's a it's a good thing so he had he had some sort of uh, uh, a little bit of clout with that where people are like, oh, this guy's a, an up and comer and he wants to do things. His brother, Max, had been writing us like had an idea for the script a long time ago. And like it was something about like a ghost that runs a lighthouse and kind of had this this also this thing about like a young and an old uh, man working at a lighthouse. And Robert Eggers and, and Max kind of like uh, hashed it out together. He got kind of interested in it and uh, then like sent the script to Willem Dafoe, who really liked it. So. It was something where he where he just kind of had the clout the clout to do something um, like this, and 
him being an old like being obsessed with old timey weird stuff was like let's make it uh black and white shooting only on old lenses and yeah make it real period specific because he likes to do that yeah i mean well done it, it's it's strange that this came out when it did and to the kind of fidelity that it has because it's not like it this doesn't seem like someone doing a cover act like this seems like this is the way it should have been shot this is the way it, it works it's not like it's not like a gimmick well other uh, other movies have have done this like um first reformed paul schrader's first reformed with ethan hawk um that's more in I, th- I think they call that academy ratio but it's like it's it's a square frame and it works for that movie as well sort of thematically but it it really i, I think it really really works in this not only just for like how it how it helps with the the feeling of claustrophobia with these two men uh trapped together uh, with like the framing of the lighthouse itself because you you have it sort of confined to this smaller frame and it's not part of this larger wide vista it's more central and just sort of like to put you in a sort of an old-timey mindset uh for lack of a better word yeah uh so i guess the main question i have for you uh you you've referred to it uh when we're discussing doing this movie and just now as as a ghost Mm -hmm. the, the ghost that runs the white house no, not the White House. The Lighthouse. Yeah. We had a monster in the White House. We got a dang Hey-o. Yeah. Uh, where, is there a ghost? Is that is, is Thomas a ghost? I don't think so, no. Oh. I mean, I so don't... why do you keep saying ghost? Oh, no, I said this, like, the original script was about a ghost. Oh, okay, no, because you referenced, you referenced the ghost story in a lighthouse when we discussed doing this. I'm like, did I just miss this? Because, oh. I mean, I'm I'm very dumb sometimes. Like, no, as the, we discussed with Mother, it took me to the end of the third act to realize it was a biblical thing. So the, I'm fucking, I'm idiotic. The or, the origin story about this, and there's, there's another movie called The Lighthouse that's actually about this. It's this, like, Welsh tale about two keepers called Thomas. It's, it's apparently true, but about two keepers, they're both named Thomas. And they didn't like each other. Um, and then uh, in the during their time, they were stranded due to a storm. And the younger man died somehow. Uh, like it was not murder, but like he he fell off of something, slipped on some rock, something and died. And the and the other man was so worried he was going to get blamed for it that he he kept the body because he didn't want it to like disappear. And then people are like, yeah, oh, yeah, right. He disappeared. He kept the body and like built a coffin for it, but then got a nerve that the, that the body was, was inside. And so put it outside. And then, uh, the storm apparently like tore it apart and leaving an exposed arm and the wind and the waves or whatever, like was, was jostling it. And it looked like the arm was beckoning him and he had a nervous breakdown about it. Oh yeah. You know, I think I've heard that story. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't put it together with this. Okay. Now it makes sense. Hopefully, you know, by the way, I'm not like accusing you of putting mm-hmm. ghost story in my head. I just, again, I sometimes will miss really fucking easy things with movies of like, oh, was William Defoe not supposed to be there the whole time? Did right. I miss something? Yeah. Well, we watched that whole movie and you were like, seems like a lot of those holds were barred. And I had to point out that no, no holds were barred. You know, look, I think anybody can miss that. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's... Talk about subtext. Yeah, it's true. When you get such an artisanal filmmaker, artistic filmmaker. Yeah, like an over-the-top of like, hey, is this a single elimination? <laughs> yeah, so... I don't even know how to talk about this movie. It, I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's something. It's because it is a uh, everything I was I was reading about it referred to it as a two hander because it's it's built entirely on the performances of uh, not entirely but you know in large part on the performances of, of these two actors because they're like the only people in the movie and they're both just amazing and I love Robert Pattinson's post Twilight career because he just has made weird movies like he made a, a couple of weird Cronenberg movies. 
He made some awful romantic movie where like the twist at the end was that it was 9-11 and he was going to die. Uh, I forget what that was called. But that was like, that was not supposed to be funny, but it is hilarious. Because I also yeah, think he's the, a great he, actor. Yeah, he's doing the Daniel Radcliffe thing, which I know we both didn't like Swiss Army Man, but mm-hmm. uh, that bully for them for making bold choices yeah. and not getting, because both of those kids could easily just be, well, that's me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And especially Pattinson, who's, you know, well, and Pattinson just he's, wants he's a to handsome do, fella. Yeah, yeah, and he just wants to do weird stuff. Like he, in fact, the the stories that he, when talking to um, to Eggers, he was like, I don't want this to be a ghost story. I want it to be about a guy going crazy. You know, I don't want to deal with any like supernatural stuff. And Eggers was like, yeah, sure. It's just about a guy going crazy, which I mean, it, it is, or is it? You know, I we we had talked about, uh, and I did listen to it, the Neil Breen episode, making fun of Neil Breen being like, well, it's up for the audience to decide. But I think this movie is like a shit ton of question marks. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't think it's, I think, I think it gives you enough to make an answer, not just like, you figure out why the baby heads are there. Yeah. I, uh, do, is it up in there? Yeah. No, I kind of read this one as a little more literal up until the very end, which goes into my, I'm an idiot thing. Yeah. I, but I think it, I still think it works on a literal level of just like these two, because uh, cause you have cra- of Lovecraftian thing. There's some you know mythology going on, but then you just have like almost an odd couple story about two guys that live together and they can't stand each other. Yeah, no, I mean I read it as Robert Pattinson going insane. Yeah, the whole movie until the very end where the seagulls are poking. I mean, we'll get to it. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it, even though everybody's already seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it as very literal, and I like it that way because I I think the idea of it being shot from uh, totally from Robert Pattinson's perspective mm-hmm. that's the clue that it is a I'm going crazy narrative. Yes, uh, which you know it's it's one of those things where just from a writing perspective, it's really hard to pull off. It was all somebody going crazy when you got it from multiple perspectives. You know, it's just no. It, that's something that drives me nuts yeah. when it's yeah. You know, some of the stuff is is. Um you know, like what's real, what isn't. And it doesn't really, it doesn't hinge on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's all sort of part of the story, but it does, it's not like, well, was the mermaid real? It's more just, you know, what does the mermaid represent and symbolism and all that. Yeah. And I do, I like how character wise, one, I'm always a sucker for somebody falling into the kind of well of alcoholism and causing them to go nuts. Uh-huh. I'm a sucker for that story. But I like it begins. <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> uh that willem defoe and i didn't like it the the first time they did it and then i realized why they're doing it and i was enamored is him farting when they first meet mm-hmm. and he's just a he's he's an ass yes he's a disgusting human and he's just he's used to living alone and he's annoying to be around and i you can't even begin to imagine how fucking gross that would be but that's really important because at no point in the story does Willem Dafoe have to be crazy. He just, I mean, beyond just somebody that's not used to having people around. He's a bit of a drunk. He's a control freak. That's really important. So he's just an ass. So watching Robert Pattinson melt down around this ass, Willem Dafoe's reactions can be the same from scene one to, you know, scene end of the movie. Yeah. Because of his, you know, because of his kind of 
you know, flawed perspective, which it, it, it's a small thing, just writing wise, it keeps me in the story because it's not like you have to have two people go down the road of madness together. It's just, no, you've got this ass that doesn't care. And he realizes too late just how fucking deep it's gone with our paths. No, but he is. And, and I don't, I mean, he's not, it's not the same kind of madness that he has, but he's, he's certainly got his own stuff. Like, and, and I didn't think this was a lot funnier the second time I saw it. Um, there's a fair cause, amount of humor Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. like, the, the whole mystery and dread that's kind of there, which I think is very well done. It still permeates even on multiple viewings. But when you can kind of just look at these two guys' relationship outside of all that, when you know sort of what's coming and, and all this, uh, it, it becomes a lot funnier. But uh, that being said, like, Willem Dafoe's weird gaslighting he does of, like, you know, like, he's he's full of shit about all these stories about how he lost his leg or broke his leg or whatever. Mm. And then, you know, like uh, you were chasing me with an ax instead of the other way around Um, the, the insane, wonderful speech uh, about Triton destroying Robert Pattinson because Robert Pattinson doesn't like his lobster. Beautiful. And it's amazing. The the pause at the end of that, where where Robert Pattinson's like, all right, fine. I like your cooking. It's just like, Oh, it's, Oh, uh, really, really great performances from all of in this. And it's great because it's it's not, it touches on like this doubling aspect in a lot of different ways where they end up both being named Thomas. Uh, you know, at one point they're drunk enough. He's smoking the cigarette, like uh, uh, he's smoking the pipe and this time Willem Dafoe smoking the cigarette. But it doesn't, it doesn't use that to me to make you go like, is it all just one guy and he's making it up that there's this other guy there? Or... Um, like all the homosexual subtext that's there. It's not about that, but it's more just about these two men that can't be honest with one another. And the sort of like, you know, they, like they, they almost kiss and then they fight and that weird kind of like struggle with masculinity and stuff like that. That was, there was just like all these little threads permeating throughout it that, that really kept me going. Yeah. Uh, I didn't No, No, I liked it. I, the, 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 that kiss scene sat weird with me. It just, it felt like a little, it, I, it felt a little too textual where the rest of it was subtext. And I, don't know, I just, it kind of, it, it, it's a delicate line. I don't know if it crossed. No, it, I, think it just, that I think that's, I think that's fair because there's, yeah. there are some things with that they absolutely hang a lantern on, pun intended, sure. You know, where it's like, don't kill a seabird. It's bad luck. Like it's, that's shot in such a way that, that it's, uh, you know, it's really like, hey, Pay attention to this, everybody. And in fact, Robert Eggers, I was watching the um, the commentary track, which is very boring because he is he's a boring guy. No, he's great, but it's just like he is very interested in the technical side of things, almost to a fault, which was interesting because any scene that happens in that um, area right below the lamp, where there's that big thing in the middle. Yeah. Uh, he's like, this is this is accurate to what it would be like, but it was such a pain in the ass to shoot. Because like no one had any room to move. And he's like, so that like being being accurate totally got in the way of what I wanted to do. But like, so he was saying about like some of these lines that that they really need. They he had some like phrase that Hitchcock used to explain. I forget what it was about. But like they really kind of like we wrapped that up real nicely to just and just handed it to you. You know, like it's we, we probably could have done that a little smoother. Yeah, there's a few of those. Uh, the kiss thing was that. And then the uh, when they, when he kills the seagull, which I thought was a cool scene. But then they cut to literally the wind changing direction. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's heavy handed. Yeah. And then the next line is fucking Willem Fogon, the wind changed direction. Like, yeah, 
I'm not an idiot. I picked up on this. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like, even, even as I said, I'm pretty dumb when it comes to movies every day, you know, sometimes it doesn't click, but I mean, they hung a hat on it, then took out the hat rack and then brought out the dancing hat rack girls. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but man, Ooh, that, uh, that just scene makes me think I love all the sweaters in this movie. I'm just like, sweaters. Oh yeah. Cable knit sweaters. Just real good sweater work. Yeah. yeah. On the, uh, Barney getting drunk thing. The other hilarious part of this movie is in early on where there's kind of the mystery of what's in the actual, like the bulb area of the uh-huh, lighthouse. The light. Uh, we see the outline of Willem Dafoe naked in it. And it's just when Robert Pattinson walks up the stairs, he's like, my new best friend's name is Earl. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, it's, sorry. It is so Simpsonsy. There's the humor in this. I mean, I know they weren't referencing the Simpsons. Right. Maybe they were. But the level of humor in this, or at least like the kind of skimming the surface humor that that happens, maybe some of it's accidental. What's another? What's another horror movie we did? What did the, what did this guy do other than this he one? Did the witch. Yeah, the witch. At no point of the witch was I thinking like, oh, that episode of The Simpsons where Marge was a witch. Yeah. No, I was invested. This movie left me. There was a lot of humor in it. I think tonally, maybe I liked both the actors, but I think maybe casting people that are slightly more serious could have helped. See, I think it, I still think it, it works because of that, because I think, like I said, the, the subsequent viewings, I found it, I found it very, very funny that it, it is, but they both have like, there's a certain menace there as well. And I think that kind of, um, I mean, cause some of it is, is, is very silly. Like when he's, uh, like trying to move the coal and it tips over. There's some, there's some physical comedy or like when he throws the, the poop, uh, you know, he's emptying the uh, bedpans and they kind of fly back into his face. Uh, and I know that, that, that Eggers wanted to make a movie that wasn't as deadly serious as the witch. Cause there's nothing, nothing to smile about in the witch, but I do think there's still a permit, like I said, a permeating sense of dread that I think the, both these actors kind of bring to it. So I see what, yeah, I see I, what you're saying, but I just I think I think the comedy is some of the comedy is built in. Willem Dafoe, I I, I got that kind of dread to it, but I don't know. Robert Patton just has like a I think he did. I mean, he did a great job. It was fine. I, this is this is small complaint. I just I, you know maybe it's just the writing. I should I shouldn't hang it on them. I just I I I guess I just didn't want that much comedy in this. Yeah, and it's not comedy. Comedy is the wrong term, but it, it's the best term we have. It's I don't know levity. I, just, there's. Yeah, yeah, levity might be a better word. Well, it's kind of like, and, and I think there's a certain amount of, maybe you're getting this with Robert Pattinson. For me, like whenever I watch Tom Hardy do something, there's always like a, a like a thin patina of like, this is weird. <laughs> like you're you're gonna do something weird or something about this performance is strange. Where I'm kind yeah, of they're, looking they're... for that, you know what I mean? Like this, I I can't necessarily take you 100 seriously. So maybe there's there's something of that. I don't know. Yeah, they both have like a low key Nicolas Cage energy. Sure. Yeah. Where where they're gonna make some weird choices, like, and I guess the uh, the accent he's doing is period specific and yada yada, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it's fine, but it's 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 totes distracting at times. It's very strange. Yeah. But yeah, this guy, like I said, Eggers is so meticulous about being so period specific, um, to a fault. But uh, yeah, apparently that's supposed to be accurate, but. It was sort of a, a bizarre accent. Yeah. So, you know, you know, the set of the movies, basically, he just rolls in or, or you know, uh, Robert Pattinson rolls in. He's like, you know, getting getting the gig. He's, he's the uh, the new recruit at the White House. At the, I keep saying the White House mm-hmm. uh, at the lighthouse. What happened to the previous guy? Well, there's the, the story that Willem Dafoe tells 
is yeah. that is that he went crazy and uh got obsessed with the light and uh like thinking there was something in there and and uh the whole like uh more sort of like mythological side of things Do, but like, how long ago was that yeah there's uh, there's who knows you see that's that's the part i guess you know the I guess I want the the real story to be a little bit more real before it goes nutty. I mean, so I mean like, it could just I kind of want to know like, when that last. It could started. just be last season. You know, they just don't tell you because I mean, if, apparently, if he has the job opening, it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah, it's just that place. You know, looks like shit for only having a year of just one guy there. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he they he. It's not just one guy there because when they're showing up, another crew is leaving. Oh, so that other crew did a shitty job. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah, they just laid around the whole time. Didn't do anything. Wait, was a whole other crew leaving or was Defoe it, still there? No, it's just two guys. It's him and Defoe show up at the, at the boat at the beginning. Oh, I think I missed that Defoe showed up with them. Yeah. I, I I don't know how the hell I missed that. Well, I watched I watched the, I watched it what two weeks ago, so I think I just forgot that part. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 always like two men teams, and it's now it's their turn because because he even says like they're only supposed to be there for like four weeks or something like that. Oh, like you know that almost takes away a little bit from. Uh, I wish I had forgotten that or not brought it up because that kind of takes away from the the idea that there is anything kind of magical in the lighthouse that, you know, there was a smooth transition for the previous team, but then it's like these two fucking idiots show up and now everything goes, you know, tits up. Well, maybe the, maybe the other two are like, are, you know, they've both seen the light and they're like, yeah, that's fine. I'm over that. Yeah. Now. I'm a Buddhist now. Yeah. The other two are like Eldric horrors or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, off to Ryla Lothloch <laughs> under the sea to yeah. find Cthulhu, the one who sleeps, but he's not dead. Uh, see ya. Enjoy. Enjoy the lighthouse. <laughs> Good luck with those strange aeons. Boy, there's a lot of jerking off. There's a note I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of notes here. I think you need to talk a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, like, that... I literally, I have asshole, seagull, masturbate, painting house, fall. There are my next <laughs> notes. Is that your to-do list? <laughs> <laughs> well, strangely enough, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there certainly is. Because, I mean, there's like, like we talked about before, there's, you know, there's definitely some sexual undertones to this whole thing as well. I mean, the lighthouse itself is is a big old boner. So, yeah, there's also, uh, I mean, we not like we need to talk about it in order, but, uh, I guess that answers the question of how you'd fuck a mermaid. Well, yeah, it's, uh, uh, with, uh, shark vagina. Yeah. Cause there's a, it's just right there. Yeah. Full on badge. That would be awful. I mean, think how, yeah. think how cold that would be. I mean, beyond that, it's, I, I mean, there's that old question of, you know, which which way the mermaid's better is is fish on top. Right. Lady on the bottom. But, uh, yeah. And I think both would be awful. Uh, yeah. I never thought I mean, not never thought, but, you know, it's probably even money that you weren't going to see a movie with with mermaid vagina. And I was wrong. You know? Yeah. You know, you go into every movie hoping that like, OK, I'm safe from yeah. that. The design of the mermaid's genitals was based on shark labia and was constructed entirely out of silicon. Robert Eggers on the backstory, the mermaid on the Starbucks coffee cup has two tails and is based on early mermaids. I know it's too long. Forget it. Just that first part's all that, all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I hope it'd still be funny. Based on, based on uh, shark poo nanny. It's weird that people don't know about that, that the original, like the Starbucks logo is, is uh, 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 mermaid showing her pussy. Yeah. I certainly didn't till I um, heard that. Oh yeah, no, it totally is. You can see it in the it, like those weird things next to the next to the uh, the lady's face, the the fins that mm-hmm. your her mm. in quote legs are spread. That's weird because I have a scrimshaw of that that I've not really. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I need to pay sorry. more attention to that scrimshaw. 
Yeah. Um, well, you know what they say, the sexiest of the arts is Scrimshaw. It's Scrimshaw. Sure. <laughs> Both in name and in action. So the the mermaid talisman that he has that he's jerking off to, mm-hmm. not to keep going back to jerking off, but so that was just left by the previous sailors is the kind of the previous keepers yeah keepers yeah yeah the wiki or like or it was you know either either the previous wikis that were just there or the the former guy that he replaced maybe the guy that was standing there before just was like this mattress sucks and never looked into it so how many previous iterations of a crowdfunded information source were there three because i just realized saying it out loud that it's wikis yeah yeah for when there's a hairy lighthouse keeper, is that the Wookiees? <laughs> yes, that is exactly what that is. And they're wearing Kashyyyk sweaters? Yeah, yeah they are Kashyyyk sweaters. Oh, boy. They're wearing, some... they're wearing last year's fur, but as a sweater. <laughs> oh, that's, that's... I don't know why that really actually creeped me out a lot. Yeah, like, that's really gross. gross. That's, I don't know why, but that like really hit me like a gross place. Just <laughs> sweeping up barbershop clippings and... There was, I think I, t- I might have mentioned this before on the show for whatever reason, uh, but there was a, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours actually, who uh, was in this fashion show that was like from junk to funk and it was all about like repurposing old stuff. She made a, this amazing dress out of Crown Royal bags and this one person made this sweater and it was out of hair clippings and the audience was like, oh, oh, no, everyone got very upset by this person's yeah. sweater. That's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. I also liked it doesn't get it doesn't get a lot of credit, but the the music in this in this is really good. In fact, I even have there's one track I want to play an excerpt from real quick. It, it might not make sense outside of the the context of the movie, but I just I really enjoyed it. One second, so it's no, not that one, no, no. Wait, hold on, no, that's the one. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. Really good stuff. And, you know, uh, that third track I really liked too. That was pretty good. It's a little, I thought a little mismatch for the scene kind of overpowered it a little bit, but, um, but pretty good overall. You know, I didn't think you, we would get, oh, this is such a, bad, I didn't think you, we'd see a resurgence of the breeders in 2019. <laughs> Cause that sounds like the beginning of Cannonball. Yeah, it does sound like the beginning of Cannonball. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of um, that Christopher Nolan. What's that guy's name that does all Max Zimmer? Uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Uh, that like, oh, let's just play a weird tuba. Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just the weird spell. the weird foghorn yeah. thing, and and the um, I'm sure there's other music, but all I can remember is that. No, there's a lot of that. Uh, the thing I did like about sound design wise, the although mythologically they're incorrect the kind of siren call that the mermaid makes mm-hmm. and that Robert Pattinson also does, I think is a cool throughput of that kind of screeching thing where it's like kind of the, the almost counter call to the foghorn where that's a really low resonant yeah. kind of bassy thing. And this really high screechy noise. It kind of, it keeps you on edge. I, I like that as like a design point. Yeah. I like, I like a lot of the sound design in this, um, I mean, particularly at the, at the very, very end with the, with the light that was horrifying. And apparently there's a, um, someone has, has said that when he's falling down the stairs, you can, you can hear a crack that's like his leg breaking or something like that. Thus sort of adding to his parallels with, um, Willem Dafoe's Thomas that now he's I just think about here, leg. let me play a sound clip. Oh yeah, it was man, just that sounds like, that. like it hurts. Oh, oof. It was, it was just weird timing that I needed to open. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. The the kind of uh, what do you call it? The twinning, the pairing, yeah, the yeah, doubling. Works. Yeah, 
that they wasn't too heavy handed because by the time it happens, kind of Defoe's almost out of the picture that there's. Yeah, I like that as a that could have gone really stupidly. It could have been really, really heavy handed. And, and I think I think it was handled pretty deftly. Um, again, like I said, like it's just another sort of like little thread that's in there that you can. I'm sure if you watched it specifically with that in mind, you could you could pick a whole lot of stuff out there that I have yet to do. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I don't know that I figured out yet uh, and what I like about this movie, it does it does bear thinking on, which, mm -hmm. you know, is kind of rare is the kind of the nature of alcohol in it, which it is a kind of major through point to it mm -hmm. is that Robert Pattinson refuses to drink. He's a teetotaler, you know, because he feels like he's what was the deal? Like the the lighthouse inspection company could will yell at you if you're drunk. Well, that was his that was his reasoning was like, well, it's in the book. And I just, you know, I would just want to keep my head down and do good. And I don't know if yeah. it's something where he knows how he gets when he drinks or or what but uh, yeah. yeah and it was just interesting that that and it becomes this thing where that's the only way they can actually interact with each other yes. in any kind of yeah. real way is getting drunk which is it's kind of like that thing in jaws which i mean there is a lot of quint in in uh defoe's character mm -hmm. especially with like the kind of singing sea chanties and being really annoying and like and taking the piss out of people and stuff but that same thing of getting drunk and you know singing weird songs together is the way to you know bond over stuff right yeah that sort of uh, again like this is the only way that i can be somewhat vulnerable and let my guard down a little bit because they have such a just an odd dynamic in terms of um there's almost like a, a, a father-son thing i think with the age thing and just like the way Robert Pattinson kind of wants to impress him a bit for a little while, but then also that resentment and then just like what an asshole he is about like, you know, oh, you didn't, you didn't mop the floors. I'll make you pull them all up and suck the, the uh, rust off of the nails. Uh, but then like when it's time to, when it's food time and time to drink, they're just good buddies. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I just, I can't figure out like what the, if it is like a twinning thing, is that, is this Robert Pattinson learning how to drink so that he can become Defoe or is it, you know, uh, statement on toxic masculinity. That's the only way you can like, no, interact. I think, with the, I think that's, you know? that's definitely part of it. I think, I think the 20 thing is more just like that, that it's creating parallels between the characters, like similar, not necessarily that like spot on that one is supposed to be the other, whatever, but just that these are two different broken men broken in their, in their own ways, but somewhat similar and trying to make these con like, they're trying to connect, but, but can't. Yeah. And do we, th not that, it, not that it's, uh, it matters, but is, are they trying to say, I'm, I'm dancing around cause I don't want to sound, sound like I'm fucking being offensive here. No. Uh, is, is Robert Pattinson gay in this? Cause there's that, when he flashes back to that guy that he let die on the logging thing, there's this handsome guy that he's behind, like, like, oh, I've got this hook that I'm going to jab into him. Like there's, there's, there's murderous sexuality well, and Robert yeah, and Pattinson then, around. Yeah. And then he takes the guy's name, you know what I mean? Which yeah. also has a little bit of yeah. that kind of, so that, so the answer is sure, but we're not, you know, like, I think, I think it's like, yeah, he is, but he's not, he's, you know, he's gender fluid. Uh, yeah. Sexuality is a spectrum. I, I, I don't or, think it's like one or the other. I think it's like, he has these, I think that's part of him for sure, but it's something that he doesn't want to acknowledge. Well, they move logs on rivers, right? Like that's how mm -hmm. logging used to happen. Yeah. And then this is by the water. Um, and then he was in love with a mermaid. So does he have a Troy McClure thing going where he's, you know, really turned on by fish? Could be. That could be the real secret message. 
Because the only time you ever actually see him come is is, is when he's when he's near a fish. That, that is true. When he's in the proximity of fish, that's it. So we've all been, you know, John, you and I grew up in the age, you know, kind of before the internet was popularized, at least enough to like look at pornography. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd ever get desperate enough to hold a scrimshaw mermaid and peel one off? No. I mean, I would say I'd like to think no, um, but uh, I've not been in that position. But oddly enough, this movie did, oddly enough, make me want to be a lighthouse keeper. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Just being left alone and just hanging out. And I mean, you're, you're working, you're, you're painting and you're doing stuff, but then just that's it. You can knit or something. What's interesting is I want to marry a lighthouse keeper and keep him company. Oh, well, I'd say it sounds like we've got a match. Yeah. You know, you can, um, you can do the cooking. I'll do the work during the day and at night. I'll just paint my work, my Warhammer minis. Perfect. Uh, by the way, I think I figured out what the opening song is. <laughs> Do you know that song, by the way, oh, yeah. as I, from, as I it's, reference it's, it? Okay. It's from uh, Clockwork Orange. I was introduced to it through the Max, but uh, yeah, from Clockwork Orange. Where Zach Morris and the gang hung out? Yep. Yeah, that's where I heard on the jukebox there. Oh. I was headed cool. to the Peach Pit, but I stopped there first. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, uh, latent homoeroticism, um, I have issues with uh, everybody's teeth in this movie. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, Willem Dafoe, of course, weird teeth, but Robert Pattinson has like, like dead teeth i don't know how to describe it like they look like they're not real so i don't know if they're crusted weirdly enough i didn't notice i thought you were going to notice this time no i mean i noticed willem dafoe's teeth and i knew you were going to say something about his teeth but i feel like his teeth were more more uh uh prominently displayed but they they're like uh they make sense on willem dafoe (laughs) he's got he's got weird teeth white teeth like doll's teeth Uh (laughs) <laughs> yes, like Dolph's teeth. Yeah, I, I'll have to go back and pay special attention to Robert Pattinson's teeth. Yeah, they, they're they've got like a artificiality to them. Hmm. They, well, I so mean, does this like whole a, character. So they make that's sense true. Him. But I mean, this isn't the time before cosmetic dentistry. So that was his big secret. Is he? He was secretly a dentist. Oh, like Steve that's Martin. why when he's painting the the lighthouse white, it's because he's inventing tooth whitening. I have so little to say. I I really this is the problem with this movie is I just liked it. Like there's no like I have like nothing. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm I'm bringing nothing to this. I'm so sorry. I just I it's like I liked it. Like it, it this is like that thing where um remember Chris Farley when he when he interviews Paul McCartney. He's like remember when you were in the Beatles? Yeah, that was yeah awesome. that was awesome. Yeah. like I just um hey John, did you know that in the trivia it says no seagulls were harmed filming this movie? That's true. Yeah. There's uh, there were some puppets that were that were hurt. So now you might be able to speak to, to a little bit more of this because I this is more sort of folklore and stuff like that. I keep hearing or or in the stuff that I read about this. Obviously, there's the whole um, uh, parallel between uh, Robert Pattinson's character seeking the fire, being like Prometheus. Yeah. But like I keep hearing like that there keeps me reference to Willem Dafoe's character being Proteus. Do you know much about that guy? Uh. I'm gonna have to remember who Proteus is. Proteus is I, apparently I read... a like he's like a, a, a god of some kind, like underneath Poseidon, uh, but like would would sort of tell fortunes and predict futures and stuff like that, as well as other things. So, the, so it's like this idea that that he's this Protean and Prometheus mix of these two guys. But I don't know enough about folklore to really. To really no, I know I know more the the uh, the Prometheus side. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't. I, I I remember Proteus a bit, but no, I, I, I'm not helpful in this one. But 
on the Prometheus side, because this is what I was going to say before, that I didn't pick up on a lot of the kind of mytho- mythological stuff other than the siren. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, sirens have chicken legs in 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 the Odyssey. Just fun fact. Oh, they're not they're not mermaids. They're on the shore, which why they got conflated with the mermaids. But they're ladies with chicken legs. Interesting. Kind of like the the Baba Yaga, yeah. but uh, you know, young. I thought, I thought like harpies had, or is like harpies the next step, the next step Pokemon evolution. Yeah, at first it's at first it's a uh, a, a Pidgey. And then, and then a Pidgeotto, and then a Raichu, and, and then, and then, then a, a siren, and a siren, yeah. And then, and then a, then a Max, and then a Screech. Man, I've been out the game too long. The the stealing the fire thing is weird. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole thing with Prometheus is that Zeus hated mankind so much that he wanted to basically wipe them out. Because uh, like, hey, you got to sit here. You can't do anything. Just hang out in the mud or whatever. Prometheus is like, no, I want to give him technology. Essentially, and hands them. Uh, the fire, which uh, was strictly prohibited because they thought if they could control fire, they could become unto gods, which, you know, kind of worked out, you know, but, you know, we're getting up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Zeus uh, uh, straps Prometheus down to a rock and has um, ravens or some kind of bird eat his liver every day. And then his liver regrows overnight. And it's this horrible, horrible uh, punishment. I don't get what that has to do with this, other than the very surface level of birds eating something. Yeah, I don't I like. I mean, he, what is he? What is he saving? Why is he stealing the fire like this? I feel like they didn't understand the myth, or I'm not understanding this movie. Well, I think the like the the light, you know, it's sort of this um, becomes this uh, uh, quest for uh, for Pattinson's character um, Ephraim. Uh, because it is like this, this unknown, you know, sort of like you, you could look at it from the, from the standpoint of it being this, uh, these two men that are struggling to know one another and know themselves like that somehow that, that he, uh, uh, Ephraim has this thing in his mind where it's like, well, if I can, if I can do that, you know, like I'll, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll I will have achieved this power. You know, I, I'm the wiki now I can, I can do this and I'll, I'll, all secrets will be unlocked to me. Because it was like Willem Dafoe was so protective of it, so I think that's that's there's some of that. Yeah, it's just sort of like just an yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's that super deep, Uh, but it's just that it is like this unknown. It's an unknown thing that he wants, and he thinks. And and I mean, like they built. I really love the 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 set piece they did for the light itself. Like they built all those lenses. Oh, that was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So like hypnotic and strange. This movie is beautiful. I should like repoint out like this. Yeah. 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 What, a, what a great, that looks like Jodorowsky up there. Like that is a beautiful, weird, delightful area. Like it's just seventies and odd and uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's so good. But um, the, and I like that they didn't show what he saw inside, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, And then the other part, I, I just, I guess I just like the, the heavy handed uh, seagulls eating his liver at the end. Mm-hmm. Was just a little too like, well, what do we, why do you keep reminding us of the Promethean myth? Like I got, like I picked it up on like, oh, you're trying to grab the light and being like all right, some kind of Prometheus thing. And then that, and then where he's walking down the steps and his face is covered in like black, black blood. And then the blood mixes with the blood of the seagull and it becomes a Zito seagull. <laughs> then, what? You know, you know, Prometheus. Oh, boo. <laughs> I've been holding that back for fucking yeah. seven minutes. Yeah. I literally only brought oh. up the Prometheus thing because it turned into a real conversation. This was just going to be a really long, long joke oh. to bring up Prometheus. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not angry enough at Damon Lindelhoff. I need this. <laughs> Sorry. 
Not sorry at all. No, I'm so, I'm so tickled that a real conversation happened because all I was going right there was that his face had black stuff on it. Yeah, I love I love that like that's actually on your notes at the bottom, like circled and underlined. It's like have John bring up Prometheus. Uh, you know, gold, no, I, Jerry, I don't. Gold. I will tell you what my last note is, and it's nearly that is uh, steals key, axe shoulder, kills Defoe, goes to light, make Earl joke, falls down steps. <laughs> But I already did the Earl joke earlier. Yeah. Um, here's also what we missed when they're drinking turpentine, which is yeah, turpentine gr- and honey. Yeah, which is great. But then uh, Willem Dafoe goes monkey pump, <laughs> which I have I had uh, closed captioning on. He is actually saying monkey pump, monkey pump. Yes. Yeah. I would like to work uh, that d- into my regular lexicon. I just like the kind of you're saying the, the, the guy's obsessed with old timiness. Uh, Drink, like reducing yourself to drinking turpentine is, uh, my, you know, as a writer myself, I never would have thought of that. But like now that it's brought up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like an old timey thing. Like people. Well, it's also I, just like they because they, you know, they bring up also and sort of a hang a lantern on a thing where where Willem Dafoe is talking about the doldrums and how it's the worst part of being on a ship because you can't do anything. No one's going anywhere. And like the men start to like get frustrated because they're not working. And so the only way to deal with it is drink. And so again, like rather than be, be set upon by the idea of like having to have a regular conversation or just go about your day that they need to have this booze. They cannot operate unless they have this booze. Like, in fact, when he's, when he's like the provisions have gone bad, we need to dig up these other provisions and it's just booze. Um, But I like that ongoing, that ongoing thing through it. Yeah. The other part of that, that I thought was good too is, uh, Defoe as the kind of ersatz uh, pirate captain kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that they don't have water to drink, which is like very boat-like. You know, like that, you know, uh, water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have to have your provision. So if your provisions go bad, if your water goes bad, you have to drink alcohol. Like there's no, there's no other choice. So they're sitting there on this lighthouse, essentially the ship surrounded by water and nothing to drink. And you know, the water keeps going bad. There's seagulls in it. It's coming out. It's like weird shit in it, I guess at one point. Yeah. And so they're forced. It was a nice, like, um, uh, kind of overlayering of kind of nautical theme to, you know, the, the lighthouse. Plus just, uh, and a tasty way to do it. And you know, you're saying before he gaslights him, I bet you that lighthouse runs on gas lighting. It, so that's like yeah. a whole, yeah. It whole does, thing. does, uh, does, uh, Run on oil. Monkey pump. Monkey pump. Uh Oh, you know, the other part I, uh, we, we skipped over, spare use of special effects in this, which I think is nice mm-hmm. for the story they're telling. I mean, it's there, but it's, it's it, it, they don't hang, a, they don't, I've said hang a hat 14 times yeah. this fucking episode. But uh, where the first time Pattinson kind of, or one of the first times he like kind of sneaks up to try to see what uh, Willem Dafoe's doing and that tentacle that slaps down. Yeah. What a, it was really nice because it's super quick. It's yeah, it, and they're weird ectoplasm jizz dripping. Yeah, it was really well, effective a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that. And I really like his um, when he's choking, um, he's finally like snapping his choking Defoe and has that like flash of seeing Defoe as Triton and he's covered in all the little cockle shells and stuff like that. That makeup I thought was very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very Though creepy. I did want to see uh, Defoe with seashells on his on his boobs yeah <laughs> well that's of course like two men stranded anywhere 
immediately in, in my head, I, I, I'm waiting for the moment where one of them like looks at the other one and they turn into a giant chicken leg because they're hungry. Oh yeah. Um, but it could have been, yeah, it could have been that there. Robert Pattinson's tired of the scrimshaw and he looks over at Willem Dafoe and he's, he's starts looking like the scrimshaw lady. Yeah. Or he's just a giant six foot whale vagina. <laughs> Come and well get me, do my fair Spanish shark labia. <laughs> shark labias just don't do anything for me anymore. I got to move on to the hard stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that's all I got on uh, on the light. I bet I, sure. I just good idea to watch this uh, delightful movie. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Probably will watch it again, which says a lot because this is not the the style of film I uh, I tend to like. Mm-hmm. No, I'm but, uh, I'm really excited to see what 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 this guy keeps doing. I, I like his style and I like what what he's up to. And he's got a movie coming out with um like an Icelandic thing that I think Bjork is in. Really? Yeah. Uh, set in this is set is called The Northmen. Set in the turn of uh, 10th century in Iceland, it stars Alexander Skarsgård as Nordic prince Omleth who seeks revenge after his father is murdered. Um. So it's oh, is it that that stupid Skarsgård from? Oh no, it's not the bug-eyed guy that was like in the new It. It's a different which Skarsgard. which Skarsgard? Uh, Alexander Alexander Skarsgard. Alexander Skarsgard, I think, is True Blood Skarsgard. That is that is True Blood Skarsgard. Yeah, yeah, the real handsome one. But yeah. it's yeah, so it's him, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and uh, oh, Ralph Innocent is back. He was the he was the super raspy voiced guy from The Witch, The Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, Viking Revenge Saga. That could be interesting. Fuck yeah, I'm there. And yeah. uh, that uh, that's Skarsgård. And it's a fella. Yeah. And oh, uh, Jaron Blaschke, or Blaschke, I don't know, B-L-A-S-C-H-K-E. That's the cinematographer who did such amazing work on this movie. Yes. Uh, hats off to you. Uh, last theme that's unpronounceable uh-huh. and probably should have gotten changed before you got your heart. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you Jaron Monster Energy Drink? That's easily yeah. pronounceable. Jared Goldong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, everybody, you should watch The Lighthouse. Absolutely. Uh, You've got a John and Alex uh, love stuff, uh, two thumbs up. Yep, both of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, go to JawsPod on Twitter and John Alex Eight Stuff on Facebook. Uh, like, subscribe, say hi, uh, leave reviews, places that you can leave reviews. That'd be very helpful. All right, so John, uh, I think for next uh, episode, we're kind of continuing our horror theme yeah but more importantly continuing our in october i get to watch horror movies because i don't watch them ever yes and uh what are we watching we are gonna watch clive barker's hellraiser Ooh, hellraiser uh i can tell you that it's actually about uh it's a guy called john constantine mm-hmm. he gets lung cancer and has to trick three different devils into oh no that's help laser yeah, it's this, uh, was, this, 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 this was some guy with that. like uh, acupuncture marks in his head or something. Yep, that's it. He's wacky acupuncture guy. Um, and he goes in to get relaxed, but then things go a little crazy. Cool. Yeah, I thought we needed more naturopathy in, mm-hmm. in our uh, in our shows. Less cool. psychopathy, more naturopathy. Yeah, that should, that's going to be the new uh, the new that just rolls the off the tongue. Yeah, it's I mean, better than Hellblazer. That's true. Oh, we could watch that with. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Constantine. Shut sure. up, Alex. Yeah, that'd be. I'd watch that again. It's been years. <laughs> that'd be funny. Yeah, Hellraiser followed by Hellblazer store Constantine. Well, I just I watched uh, the the awful Vin Diesel uh like the last Witch Hunter. 
Oh, um, yeah. Which the whole time I'm just thinking, like, man, I wish I was watching Constantine. It had really big Constantine vibes. And, like, Constantine's <laughs> not a great movie, but I'm like, man, I'd rather be watching that than this. I remember watching. Let's stop talking about Constantine. All right, so for next time, we are watching Hellraiser, the Hellraiser. first one. Yes, the first yes. one. That's what it's called, Hellraiser, the first one. Hellraiser, the first one, in parentheses. Or Enjoy it. Yeah. Pain is sexy. <laughs> All right, so we will see you then. All right, bye. Bye.